Welcome to the Birth Journeys Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Hoff, BSNRN. I am a wife, a mother of two, and a nurse specializing in the care of women and newborns. In this podcast, we will share powerful journeys of birth givers with the goals of lifting the veil on the birth experience, healing through sharing, and beginning an open conversation to strengthen trust and promote transparency between birthing people and healthcare providers. Pearls of Wisdom is a series of the Birth Journeys podcast, where I highlight some of the most profound thoughts that each mother has shared with me. It is so powerful for birthing people to hear from others who have been through the metamorphosis of motherhood, and it is so important for women to have a voice in this process. Here are the voices of powerful women as they share their trials and triumphs, their vulnerabilities and strengths, plus some helpful hints for other new moms. Please enjoy these pearls of wisdom. In this episode, mothers reflect on emotional health. We hear from Ellie Goldstein, Ashley Webb, Megan McCutcheon, Jennifer Burns, and Emily Finnell. It's amazing to me that I had really no complications and yet how traumatic it was, right? If you think about things that a woman's body can go through, a person's body in general, growing a child and then expulsing it is dramatic. It is intense. It is more intense than a car accident. It is more intense than like a marathon. It is really, really, really intense. And I just wasn't prepared afterwards for how much I would be exhausted. What emotional work did you have to do to begin to process everything? Oh my gosh. So I had a friend who was pregnant at the same time as me and she had her baby about a month and a half before and it was her second. And her and I were constantly texting and talking, you know, and I remember her telling me after the baby's born, you're going to get what's called the baby blues. Do not let yourself spiral with it. She was like, you're going to be emotional. You're going to feel sad. You're going to be exhausted. You're going to feel all the feelings. Just try to keep in your mind. It's just the baby blues and your body's hormones evening out. I think I had a lot of other things that were contributors that could have pushed me into that, you know, feeling like a failure, the recovery from the C-section, which is really, really hard, not being great at breastfeeding and struggling with that at first. But I remember one day getting in the shower and just crying. And I started to get vertigo because I have issues with my inner ear and the lack of sleep was agitating my vertigo. So I'm like, how am I going to care for my baby when I'm so dizzy? Just in the shower, just bawling. And I just heard my friend's voice, just the baby blues, you're okay. And I remember grabbing the spies of the shower and being like, just the baby blues. It's okay. Just let it out. It's just the baby blues. I wasn't prepared for postpartum anxiety and depression at all. I was super anxious postpartum. And then with the second baby too, it was hard. It was so hard. I don't think I really put it together until afterwards, which was funny because they warned me and they warned my husband, hey, you know, postpartum anxiety and depression is real, et cetera. But I just didn't really know until retrospect, looking back. With my second one, I did kind of get it a little bit more. But it's it's not like the anxiety I had experienced before. It's different. And so I think that's what kind of tricked me is that I was feeling off. I was not feeling good. But I wouldn't have labeled it as anxiety because the postpartum anxiety is different than typical anxiety. 
Could you do a brief overview of perinatal mood and anxiety disorders so moms know what to look for? Yeah, so I, we could do a whole episode on this, but I'll give you a little like brief 101. So we're calling it perinatal mood and anxiety disorders. So perinatal is encompassing that pregnancy and postpartum period. So that whole span, a lot of resources will tell you that postpartum is a year. I like to say once postpartum, always postpartum, because I see a lot of moms come in with some of these things when their baby's two years old and they're like, well, I'm not postpartum. And it's like, but you know, this probably started out in this period and is kind of lingering. So never think that you're past that window of getting help. So the main disorders that we talk about are postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, postpartum OCD, which is a little bit different than like the traditional OCD we think about. It's more about obsessive thoughts. So for me, my anxiety kind of, I sort of call it like a flavor of anxiety when my thinking started turning into, would it feel good to throw my baby down the stairs? In hindsight, I realized I had a lot of anxious thoughts around, is my baby okay? Is my baby going to make it through the night? You know, do I need to constantly check on my baby? Is my baby safe? So any of those obsessive thoughts about harm or safety is kind of a a postpartum anxiety OCD thing. And then there's also, and and when I'm saying postpartum, I also mean perinatal. So it can happen during pregnancy. If you could either go back in time and talk to yourself prior to this experience, or if you could talk to another mother that is likely to go through a similar experience, what advice would you give to that person? So this probably sounds a little obvious since I'm a mental health therapist, but I genuinely mean it when I say get the help sooner. Talk to your OBs, find a perinatal mental health specialist, work through the trauma, get the support sooner rather than later. I know that it feels very daunting a lot of the time. And I also acknowledge that it can be very hard to find a provider who is taking clients and accepts insurance. And I I totally validate that. And there's also free resources that are available that I can certainly share, but don't wait on it. It may get a little bit better with time, but if you're really suffering, don't wait. I would have done my trauma work much, much sooner and I would have suffered much less. And I may have decided to have children sooner. It really, really impacted my life, my decisions about my family and even what my family would eventually look like. So it doesn't have to be this bad forever. There are people who are trained to help and they want to help. And specifically, what was the trauma therapy that you did to help you with that situation? Can you explain what that method is? Sure. I decided that I wanted to do some EMDR, which stands for Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing. And it is a specific type of trauma therapy. And we can use it for things besides acute traumatic events. But initially, it was developed to deal with very traumatic specific events that people experience. And so the idea is that we want to turn down the intensity of a memory. That's the desensitization part. We want to help process 
the trauma that's held in our body because our mind does all kinds of wonderful things in order to protect us the best way that it can. Sometimes it's less helpful because our brain can do too good of a job, but regardless, our body is going to retain whatever that trauma is. And so EMDR aims to help us desensitize the memory, change the way that we interact with the memory, allow us to do the physical somatic processing of a trauma so that we are less reactive to it whenever we experience something that could be potentially triggering. And it is becoming more and more known, even though it's been around for a long time. And it, it is shown to be an effective trauma intervention. It is not the only trauma intervention. There are lots of other very good interventions out there that are very efficacious as well. But EMDR is the way that I chose to go. And I had a very, very good experience reprocessing my trauma. And when I went into my second delivery, I did have a moment of panic and actually was interrupted by a nurse, which is great. (laughs) But it was a moment as opposed to an overwhelming feeling I couldn't move through. And so I feel like had I not done that work prior to my second pregnancy, I would have had a very different experience. I would have been much more stressed. I probably would have dissociated a lot of that experience because it is such a physical experience to deliver, right? I can't, I struggle to think of something that might be more physical (laughs) that you might do in your lifetime. And with there being a lot of trauma in the body prior to doing that again, I'm just so glad I didn't have to go through that again. So one of the interesting things about EMDR that I really love is that if there is someone who is not comfortable with talk therapy, that doesn't want to necessarily verbalize the experience or can't find a way to describe the feelings it's not necessary. Can you talk a little bit more about that aspect of it? Absolutely. It is one of the things that I think makes EMDR such a helpful tool for people because a lot of times we don't want to talk about the trauma. It's too intense to go into the details. So what's really lovely about EMDR, and again, there are other interventions too that are less talk-based, but you are not required to go into the details. You are not required to tell me really anything. Sometimes when I'm reprocessing with clients, the only thing that they share with me, other than I have some idea of their target, but when they're actually reprocessing, they just talk about what's happening in their body. And it's fascinating that somebody is able to work through the trauma without having to say anything about it and only focus on what that feels like for them internally. It's really cool. I feel like it's also very important too, because I don't think we really focus a whole lot on what is happening in our bodies when we're experiencing trauma and stress. And so I love that it's turning things on their head and giving us the chance to look at the way that stress affects the body. For those of you looking for a perinatal mental health therapist that specializes in EMDR, both Jennifer Burns and Megan McCutcheon are certified in that specific form of trauma therapy. Their contact information is available in the show notes.
we have a website now, it's perinatalplace.com, where we have just started collecting all the different people that we're networking with to put it up there so that moms can see all the different resources and just know that they're out there if you need it. What advice would you give to new moms who want to be proactive in protecting their mental health? One thing that I strongly advocate people to do, and I tell moms this, is like, as sad as it is, while it is sad, the truth is that no one is coming to save you. You have to advocate for yourself. Nobody's going to say, hey, I've set up a sitter so that you can go take some time out of the house. Going shopping alone is not self-care. Taking a shower alone is not self-care. Like going to get a massage, having a yoga class, seeing a friend, those are things that are self-care. But you have to be the one who says, honey, I need you to set up a sitter so that I can take time in the house. Or, hey, I'm going to call around and find somebody to watch my kid, right? Like you just need to advocate for yourself. And I think it's to a level that we don't often do. And that I wish if I had gone back, just knowing very, very early on that like, hey, I'm going to have to set up support for myself. And that's okay, because we really, really need that. And once I learned that I could set up support for myself, I think motherhood became more enjoyable. But I do see people struggling where I'm like, look, let's just make the decision that you can not only ask for help, but basically make it so that you have help. If you could go back in either of your pregnancies and talk to Emily, what would you want to say to her? See, I've, and I've thought about this before. I feel like with the first pregnancy, it was like, I would just want her to relax and trust because I did, I didn't really get into it, but I definitely had some postpartum anxiety. I had never experienced anxiety really at all in my life until, until the hormones of pregnancy and childbirth. I mean, honestly, it was like a night and day switch for me. Because I mean, we talk about what women don't know, what you don't realize your body is going to go through. Those hormones are strong. And new things come in that you've never felt before. And I was that mom that was like, is he breathing? Is he breathing? Is he breathing? I was just so afraid. I think it was just that, that, that intensity of vulnerability of loving something so much that you're terrified something could happen. And I also think I had mentally prepared myself to give birth to like a six-month-old. And instead, this little alien came out that I was like, is he a limb? He's so tiny. So I think going back, it's funny that I even say this because my dad did give me this advice at the time, but I don't think I was receptive to it. But I tended to seek outside knowledge instead of trust myself. I had to read all of the sleep training books and the parenting books. And it was like everything I read, I, I would like jump on board to different ideas like sleep training or not sleep training. And my father noticed this about me and he said, I want you to put the books down and I want you to trust that you know how to be a mother. You instinctually know, trust yourself. And like I said, I probably wasn't as receptive as I should have been because looking back, that would be the advice I would give to myself during the pregnancy, but specifically after the pregnancy. And with, with the second pregnancy, gosh, I feel like I just would love to let her know that whatever she thinks is going to happen, it is so much more expansive and amazing and abundant than she could ever have dreamed. Because I just 
I was so living in the moment. And like I described back when I just, I didn't have that light at the end of the tunnel. But the truth is I had to experience all that. I don't actually regret it. I don't wish it away. I feel like it was a true experience. So I don't know. I don't know what I would say to her. I would, I would want to just assure her that it's going to be okay. Thank you for listening to the Pearls of Wisdom series of the Birth Journeys podcast. If you would like to share your birth journey with other women, I want to hear from you. Email me at birthjourneysrn at gmail.com. Thank you so much for tuning into my podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on future episodes. Don't forget to share the podcast with a friend who can benefit from the valuable insights that we share here. And if you could take a moment to leave a five-star rating and review, it would mean the world to me. If you're ready to work one-on-one with me to embark on a transformational journey towards a confident and empowered hospital birth experience, go to kellyhoff.com backslash empowered and enroll in my Empowered Hospital Birth Coaching Program. Together, we'll create a roadmap to a birth experience that you'll cherish forever. That's K-E-L-L-Y-H-O-F dot com backslash empowered. Let's make your birth experience extraordinary.